Greetings and welcome to Soldier of Souls. Here at Soldier of Souls, we want to extend our heartfelt welcome to everyone throughout the world. We are delighted to count all of you as part of our company as we trek together in this world so we can live eternally with God in the next. Just a reminder, if you find that traveling with us is useful, we encourage you to follow us and share our podcast, Soldier of Souls, with your friends and family. You are our only sales force, so don't be shy about spreading the word. Hi, I'm Deacon Tim Vaughn, and in this episode, I'm going to ask an all-important question. What happens when we die? We all have a natural fear of death. I recently did a podcast on the last four things. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. But in this podcast, I'm going to do an overview of purgatory. And I've heard many people say that their main goal in life is to obtain purgatory. But according to St. Vincent de Paul, he says, our business is to obtain heaven. Everything else is a sheer waste of time. But also, not just our death is important, but the death of our loved ones. And so the ones that we have that have gone before us We must pray for them also. Why? We might remember when they were alive and they were suffering from their pain, from illness, or maybe from a traffic accident, and how we felt their pain as we prayed for them. But several months after they died, we may have seemed to forget about them, and we no longer prayed. However, we should never stop. As St. John Vianney stated, we ought to pray for our souls in purgatory in a selfless manner, not just that they can pray for us, but rather pray for them because they are suffering. We want to alleviate their suffering so we can pray for them so they can be rewarded in heaven sooner. So let us learn a little bit about purgatory in the next few minutes, but let us begin first with an Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, over the past 13 years, I have watched three people die. I have been at their deathbeds. Now, it's interesting as we watch people prepare for death. And two of these individuals, I was able to watch up close and personal. One of them, I did not. So I don't have a clear understanding of that person's preparation for death. Now, 
The first one I saw die was actually my mother. And she was 92. And she passed away from old age, of course. She was in a nursing home. And I was able to be with her the entire day that she died. The nursing home called me about 6.30 that morning. And they had been in constant contact with me over the past several days. And I had been by to see her several times. And mom was really not responsive those last several days. But the nursing home told me that this was probably going to be the day. So, of course, I called my work and got the day off. I called my wife and we were both there. And we stayed there the entire day. I called my parish priest and he came by and spent about 45 minutes with her. And he did what he could as far as giving her the last rites and such. Of course, she was being unresponsive, but he did all that he could that day. And like I said, she was unresponsive all day long and she drifted away about 10 o'clock that night. And it was a very peaceful and gentle passing. And it was, you know, something that made me feel almost unafraid to die. And knowing my mother and as much she prayed, it was almost expected from her. She had several rosaries on her, one wrapped around her hand, one around her neck. And we prayed that whole day with her. Another person, not very much long after that, about three years or so, that witness dying was also very old, but he was in, in intensive care and also, and also a very devout Catholic that went to Mass nearly daily. But when they took the machines off of him, it took him about two hours to stop breathing, which kind of surprised all of us. And it was that he was fighting to stay alive. I don't know why he was fighting, but maybe he wasn't ready to go. Maybe he wasn't ready to die yet. And I'm not sure if he had the last rites of a priest came by to see him. But like I said, I do know he was a very devout Catholic. But it was very difficult to watch him die. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was very hard for me to watch. Now, the last person I watched die was my wife in 2019. She had terminal brain cancer, and she suffered for a year, actually 13 months. And the last few days that she was alive, she was in intensive care, and the last two days, she was on life support. She had been visited by several priests, and when she first went into intensive care, she was visited by my spiritual advisor, where she received a full apostolic blessing. She had confession, viaticum, and extreme unction. And then three days later, she was put on life support. And when she was taken off life support, we began to, to pray the rosary. And at the beginning of the Sabe Regina, at the end of the last decade, she took her very last breath. And her passing, again, like my mother's, was very peaceful and gentle. Like she had prepared herself and she was ready to die. I hope that when my time comes, I die that way. She taught me how to die. And maybe 
just maybe she bypassed purgatory and went straight to heaven. We don't know that. We as a family did all we could to help to prepare her to die. We made sure that she was visited by priests. Like I said, she had several priests come by to see her. And we did all that we could for her well in advance. And that's what all families should do. And she told me that during her last year that all was good for with her soul. But that is not a guarantee that she went to heaven. Please remember that. And as we see our close friends and relatives die, we hope and we pray that we went to heaven. We often hear that they say, oh, she was a good woman or he was a good man and they went to heaven. No. Do we know that they were a holy woman and a holy man up until the time that she died? We know that we are not perfect. And thankfully, we are not perfect because God gave us purgatory. He gave us something to fall back on. First, why do we need purgatory? And as we says in Matthew 5:48, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus was telling us that God is a standard against everything else is measured. And this is a very high standard where everything is measured, especially in a world where everything is offended by everything except sin. Now think about that. Only thing that's not offended is sin in this world. Doing good is offended. Sinning is not offended, and that's sad. As I often said in my own personal homilies, that sinning is easy. Sinning is fun. We like to sin. You know, we know that, especially in our youth. However, as it says in Psalm 51, verses 5 and 6, For I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone I have sinned. What I have done is evil in your eyes, so that you are just in your word and without reproach in your judgment. As we read again the last two lines, so that you are just in your word and without reproach in your judgment. Now we have to remember that during our life, God is a God of mercy. He forgives our sins. But again, when we die, God is a God of justice. And we know that God will be just in the punishment for our sins. And as our death, we need to be cleansed for displeasing God. This psalm brings up two unpleasant points, guilt and obligation, and to make satisfaction to make up for our sins. We feel better when we go to confession. We receive absolution and a priest gives us penance. But is that enough? Especially for mortal sin. When we do a mortal sin, we have to do penance. 
this sin may weigh on us long after we confess it. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1459, it states, Absolution takes away all sin, but it does not remedy all the disorders sin caused. Now to answer the question, we need purgatory to cleanse our souls, as it states in Revelation 21:27. The treasure of wealth of the nations will be brought there, but nothing unclean will enter it. In other words, it says, nothing unclean will enter the gates of heaven. So all souls must be clean once they enter the gates of heaven. You cannot be once saved, all saved. No matter what anybody tells you. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1030 states, all who die in God's grace and friendship but still unperfectly purified, needs to be assured of their eternal salvation. But after death, they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. So then we go to purgatory. What happens to us then? To me, this sounds a little scary, yet a little bit joyful. We are still not in heaven, thank goodness. We are not in hell. So how long will we be in purgatory? Is time there still the same? When Our Lady of Fatima was visiting the children, they asked her about some of their friends who have died. And this is from Fatima, the true story. One example of differing purification links comes from the first apparition of Fatima. Lucille dos Santos had asked Our Lady about two souls in particular and received prompt answers. I remember to ask about two children who had recently died. They were friends of mine and asked to come to my home to learn about weaving with my elder sister. Is Maria dos Neves in heaven? Yes, she is, and Amelia. She will be in purgatory till the end of the world. Wow, did Mary just say that this child will be in purgatory until the end of the world? Now that is a very, very long time. So let's get back to the question. What is it like in purgatory? One of the best places in the world to turn is to the saints. First, the St. Catherine of Genoa, then wrote the treatise on purgatory where she said, souls in purgatory unite great joy with great suffering. No peace is comparable to that of the souls in purgatory except that of the saints in heaven. Now the quote that hit me the hardest came from the diary of St. Faustina, who said, in a moment I was in the midst full of fire in which there was a great crowd of suffering souls. They were praying fervently, but to no avail, for themselves, but only we can come to their aid. The flames which were burning did not touch me at all. So I asked these souls, what was their greatest suffering? 
they answered me in one voice that the greatest torment was longing for God. Now imagine that. They were longing for God. St. Catherine also reported that she had a vision of purgatory and spoke about it as both a place of great suffering and a place of great joy. Essentially, she explained that when a person dies in a state of grace, they see themselves at being made to be by God and ashamed of their fallen state and attachment to sin. As a result, they suffer out of burning love and desire to be with God, but knowing that they are not yet ready. They embrace the pain of purgatory to purify themselves and enjoy God in heaven. So my next question is this. What can we do now to avoid purgatory and what can we do for the poor souls in purgatory? The first method of avoiding purgatory simply to avoid sin. Can we lead a sinless life? Absolutely. It may not be easy to refrain from all, even the smallest sins, but every ordinary Christian can by the frequent use of the sacraments and easily abstain from mortal sin. Next, the frequent use of the sacrament of confession. I like to go no less than every two weeks. I know how feel how good I feel when I go to confession. I feel like a great weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Sometimes I spend, even when I've only been to confession every week, I feel like a great weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I look farther. I look at the ground oftentimes when I'm dealing with my sins because I'm ashamed of them. I feel like I've offended God when I talk to Father. And then I feel so much of this weight being taken off my shoulders. We must have some type of penance or self-denial to help us avoid purgatory. This may mean giving up meat on Fridays or maybe not eating that dessert that looks so good. We must have some type of fasting in order to have some type of self-denial. And this would be giving up any type of pleasure that you're willing to give up for our Lord. So there could be some type of pleasure that you're willing to give up, not just Lent, but all the time. Another way to prevent going to purgatory is bearing and accepting our crosses. God gives us many crosses to bear in our lives and we must prayerfully accept them. Having a cross to bear is a blessing, a grace that comes our way and we must fully accept them. Believe it or not, we must accept our crosses. We must try to attend mass daily or as often as possible and receive the Holy Eucharist. Also, when we go to Mass, we must volunteer to assist at Mass, either as a lector, a sacristan, 
or as a Sunday usher. Use your talents. I'm sure that your priest can use all the help he can, and you also will receive great graces by assisting at Mass. God will see that you want to help at Holy Mass. And one of the most important methods of avoiding purgatory is increasing and deepening your prayer life. I've completed several podcasts on prayer, and I make it my life's goal to consistently study prayer. There are many methods of prayer on how to pray deeper. Pray for the souls in purgatory and mention them by name. Like I said, you don't know where these souls are. You don't know if your mother and father are in heaven, hell, or purgatory. But just assume that they are in purgatory and mention them each time you pray by name. Ask God to assist them. Because my goal for every one of my relatives is that I assume that they are in purgatory and I want to pray them into heaven. Make it your life's goal to pray souls into heaven. Of course, there are many other ways to avoid purgatory. I just wanted to pique your interest today in learning about purgatory and how you can avoid purgatory and pray for the souls that are in purgatory. Currently, I'm studying a course on on purgatory on goodcatholic.com and reading the book Hungry Souls that you can find on Tan Books, on Tan Books' website. It is quite an interesting read. And here are some of the saints that you can study about purgatory. Like I mentioned, St. Catherine of Genoa, St. Faustina, St. Gertrude, St. John Vianney, St. Bridget, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine of Hippo, St. Alphonsus Liguori, St. Padre Pio, and the list goes on. And you may notice that this list spans the centuries of saints, going back to the earliest church fathers all the way up to St. Padre Pio, who was a saint not just who was living just not 50, 60 years ago. My advice to you is to work on your prayer life. And as you work on your prayer life, it will change your life and you will be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And then all the other pieces will begin to fall into place. So let us end with the Hail Mary and then we'll pray the prayer of St. Gertrude for all the holy souls. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And now the prayer of St. Gertrude for the holy souls of purgatory. Eternal Father, I offer you the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, 
in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, for those in my home and in my family. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the words of Jesus, wide is the road to destruction. And so we remind you, stay on the path. And we ask the St. Raphael, the Archangel of Travelers, God speeds you on your sojourn.